Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. My name is Matt Hensley, and I'm the pastor of Mayhill Baptist in Mayhill, New Mexico, and the managing editor of Lifeway Pastors. And I'm Kyle Bierman, the pastor of First Baptist Church of Alamogordo, New Mexico, and director of Replanter Development for the North American Mission Board. We bring this with the partnership from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Though I guess, can we add the the now? The the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can be home at the Dome. Yes. And so if you would like more information about a wonderful seminary, rich in theological heritage, check out swibits.edu after the show. Again, that is swbts.edu. And uh, thankfully today, Kyle, they don't just have to listen to you and me. We have a very special guest today, and that is none other than Mary DeMuth. Did I say that right? Remotely close? So close. It's DeMuth. DeMuth. Okay. Okay. I'll try to remember that, but I think that I pronounced Mary right, so I'm going to stick with that one for (laughs) sure. Uh, And uh, if there's any question about my name, it's it's Matt Hensley. Hensley. I was going to say Mud. Well, so. yeah, it's that, and uh, and and I've got, of course, Kyle here. Uh, but yes, it is a joy to have Mary Demuth on the show today. She is the author of We Two that is coming out August thirteenth, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, so, Mary, why don't you uh, kick things off by simply telling us about yourself and in your family? And again, thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. Uh, yeah, I've been married almost 30 years to my husband, Patrick. I've got three adult kids, um, two off the payroll, one who is just finishing up college. And uh, we have a dysfunctional Labrador retriever and a very sweet cat. And uh, my husband would reverse that. He would say that we have a dysfunctional cat and an awesome Labrador retriever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been writing for a really long time. This is actually my 39th book, but I've been passionate about the issue of sexual abuse for a really long time. I am a survivor myself and um, have just longed to have this conversation for many years. And I'm grateful that we're at a place where we can have the conversation. And, and I've got to say... Uh, with with all due respect, I, I hate when people say that. With all due respect, with all, because, some, because, because that means there's nothing good yeah. coming after that, right? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I have to side with your husband. Um, we 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 had a lab, and I loved him to death. The fact that he ate all of my wife's uh, uh, scrapbooking nonsense <laughs> made her not the biggest fan of uh, of thunder and uh, so so yeah we're we're glad you're on the show even though yes i i hate cats and uh and loved our our labrador uh, retrievers and, so. and, and and i will side with mary because we have two wonderful cats and a dysfunctional dog as well okay so, no uh, i yes. actually okay. have to agree with that because yes. i've met your dog and that yes. thing is our, a psycho our, our, our cats are just as chill as can be yeah you don't and, you don't even notice they're there that's right they'll they'll eat you when you die but still <laughs> that's right they will i heard that it's terrible man okay so uh back on track here matt um, Mary, tell us a little bit about the book, uh, We Too, uh, and t- tell us like why you wrote it and, and what changes uh, you hope that it will inspire. Right. So um, I first want to say that I love the church a lot of my 
healing has happened because people within the church have dared to love and listen and pray. And so this is not a book um, yelling at the church. This is a book where I'm putting my arm around her <laughs> and saying, let's talk about this issue so that more people won't be leave, uh, leaving the church. We saw the recent Lifeway um, uh, statistics about people in their 30s leaving church and one in 10 are leaving because of this issue. And so this is something we have to be talking about. My heart in writing it is to have kind of a prophetic imagination for how we could treat the broken in our communities and um, and to help people to understand the pervasiveness of the problem and the depth of trauma and what trauma does to people and how it's not simply just saying a, a prayer or claiming a verse and you're instantly healed. This is a long discipleship journey of healing. And I'm, I'm one example of many who have experienced a lot of healing um, I'm still not there yet. I'm waiting for heaven's shores <laughs> to experience my complete healing. But um, there has been a tremendous amount. And I, in that, I just want to offer people hope as well. Oh, that's great. And, uh, and, and I think that's also a, a bomb for a lot of people is, unfortunately, we, uh, we, we can bungle a lot of things. And, uh, and pastors have uh, messed up a lot. And, uh, and churches have not always been uh on on the up and up with this uh but but unfortunately i think the knee-jerk reaction is this is just going to beat up the the church and the bride of christ and and your humility there and, and want to come alongside of uh christ's bride and and just uh encourage and and kind of correct in the right direction uh is is an encouragement for us as pastors uh, because this is this is serious business, and uh, and I know I can speak for Kyle that we don't take the the, the privilege of pastoring a church lightly, uh, and also the weight of that. Uh, mm. But but to also encourage and not just beat up is uh, is something that that encourages me, and and certainly that leads us to the next question is is how much you value uh, scripture and uh, and what the Bible has to say about the sexually abused and the sexually exploited. And, uh, and so this, this question is kind of twofold then. How does Jesus respond to victims? And what scriptures then guide your thinking on this topic and your teaching on this topic? Right. Um, when I wrote the book, I divided it into three sections, the past, the present, and the future, simple way of doing it. In the past, I talk about um, church history in this um, relation to this issue, but I also talk about what's going on in Scripture in the Old Testament, and then how Jesus responds to the victim in the New in the New Testament. And so, I was really surprised at um, how many narratives there were in the Bible about rape, and these weren't prescriptive. In other words, they weren't saying, "Oh, this should happen because it's in the Bible." Right. <laughs> they were descriptive, so they were saying, "This is what happened," and look at the terrible aftermath. And we only need to look at the terrible aftermath to know that it's not good. Besides the fact that it's, of course, forbidden in Scripture. But as we look to the New New Testament, we see Jesus connecting with all sorts of exploited people, and you know, I, I think there's been a huge um, I don't know if the right word is controversy, but uh, kind of this angst within the Southern Baptist Convention about justice issues and 
thinking um, that we're going to, if we talk about sexual abuse, we're talking about, you know, running into a social justice gospel. And I'm just looking at Jesus and I'm seeing him really love people well who are on the margins of society, going out of his way and reserving his most pointed comments for the religious leaders who are trying to keep people out. And so that's how I'm viewing it. I don't see it as any sort of like revolution or revelation, but just how can we look at the life of Jesus and how he treated others? And um, how can we also be like that as the church to people in our communities? And I think I think I think the word you use there, angst, is a good one. Um, <laughs> just of of you know what we've seen over the last year or so, um, you know, folks responding to um, to the revelations of of sexual abuse within the church. You know, either if if not outright dismissing it, certainly um, just kind of wanting to w- wanting to talk about it to a point, but then sweep it under under the rug. Um, and and so I appreciate you you pointing that out as well. You know, as, as this is something we can't just sweep under the rug. It's not going to go away yeah. if we stop talking about it. Um, and and I think that's something we talked about on our episode on abusive faith yeah. Uh, yeah. was how how quick there's there's kind of those two different types or or I guess even three those that yeah. have committed it. But but aside from that, within the, the the church, there's those that want to handle it well and and do the right thing, and then those that think first about what's the church. Um, what's our, our Google rating going to do if, if this yeah, comes out? Yeah. What, yeah. What, what's going to happen if, if this falls on, on our church and, and so forth? And how can we cover that up? Right. And, uh, and, and so that, that leads, Kyle, to this, uh, this next one. Yeah, it does. It leads right into this next question. of so Why then does the church at whole or, or, or church as a whole or certainly local churches so often seem to miss the mark when it comes to sexual abuse, or as, as Jen Greenberg says, I think Matt used this word earlier, why do, why do some pastors just bungle abuse or the response to abuse? Well, I think there, there hasn't been a lot of training. Um, if you go through the seminary experience, my husband has a THM, Dallas Theological Seminary, and there was no training on this, zero, zero percent. His training came from me. And so there's that. And then there's also the fear of the shame of the issue. Mm. There's also the fear of reputation. His reputation just fine. We don't need to you know, try to help him out. Um, and I think there's a great deal of fear. And that's where we have to go back to kind of the fundamentals of Christianity, of relying on the Holy Spirit, trusting God with our reputation, and daring to do the right thing, even if it hurts. I mean, the scripture tells us that those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So we must know that that's going to happen. And so we have to choose to do what Jesus would do, to do the right thing, to listen, to go to the authorities when it's necessary to um, do the right thing. And as I look at the scripture, especially when Jesus is talking about the Good Samaritan, what I find fascinating about that story is he is telling the story to a Jewish audience and he's a masterful storyteller. So he's like, you know what? The point of this story may not be the Samaritan. The point of the story is that the Jew was the one going down to Jerusalem. So this is most likely a Jewish person who has been hurt. And he is lying in the ditch and his two religious leaders walk by there within his context and they don't help, 
but it is an outsider that helps. And I think that's what's been so hard for, for sexual abuse victims. We're lying in the ditch. We see our people walking by, our pastors, our leaders. They just walk on by. They're part of us. They're us. We're them. And it's been the news media and it's been the legal system that has done such a better job of listening to their cries. And I think that it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. And uh, that, that still takes me back to Stephen W. Smith's uh, sermon at a uh, text-driven preaching conference, uh, I guess about three years ago, that, that his line just kept resonating with me that there's no walk around uh, of, of grace. There's no walk around of the broken uh, that we walk to and, and we lean in with them. And, uh, and so that's, that's a good reminder of, uh, just we're, we're in this, uh, together. You know, we, we can say it all the time about the cooperative program or whatever. We're better together. You know, we can mm-hmm. train disciples together. We can send missionaries together. We can plant more churches together. We're better together. Uh, but yet when it comes to this topic, uh, sometimes we, we do miss the mark yeah. and forget that we are a, a family together and uh, and I've I've shared before in the church that if uh, if I'm the strongest spiritual warrior here at this church we're in trouble yeah. like we're yeah you we're, are. We're, <laughs> <laughs> for sure but, but no we we need to remember that all of us are in this family together and and you know a family has their their crazy uncles and their family has you know, right. brothers and sisters and we fight sometimes but at the end of the day we we remember that blood is thicker than water yep. and we're covered by the blood of Christ and we're truly this family knit together good bad and ugly yep. uh, and and so our weakest person our most vulnerable person still needs that same attention as that person that's going to you know meet the budget yep. uh, for us every end of year or at least we yep. pray for yeah, <laughs> that right. always happens mm-hmm. but but all of us are are together and uh, and so in this then uh, in the book you write, uh, this is our We Too mov- mov- movement. Uh, I was going to say moment. Our We Too movement to purposefully suffer alongside the sexually broken. What are some practical ways our listeners can suffer alongside abuse survivors today? And, and the reason I, I thought that was a great question that uh, you you offered to to answer. Uh, is is it's a lot of times it's great to talk about this stuff and and the SBC has has been great at talking about things over the years, uh, but this year at the SBC mm. 19 we finally uh, changed the constitution. There were some actionable steps. We have the church that cares well, and and so there's now mm. this movement now to at least do something instead of just talking about it. And there happens to be some scriptures along those lines. Here's of the word, not, you know, so we want to be doers. And so tell us some practical steps uh, that perhaps our listeners can suffer alongside the survivors today. Well, first we can go to Romans 12, where it talks about weeping with those who Mm -hmm. weep. And that has been one of the most profound things that has happened to me recently. I shared my story with a, with a guy who's my sales rep, (laughs) my publisher, and he, it was a hard story about my father. And I shared a a particular story with him and he started to cry. And he said, you know, I have a daughter. And if that happened to her, I would just weep. And it just, it just made all the difference. There's something that happened there that really changed me. I also tell a story in the book of meeting this man named Malcolm in South Africa. I was at Cape Town 2010, which is this big giant missions conference for the whole world. 
and um, based on the Lausanne Congress and all that. <clears throat> and I was there, and he was at my table, and he knew my story, and he got on his knees before me, literally on his knees, and he said, I ask your forgiveness on behalf of the men that have hurt you. Wow. Please forgive us. And it was so powerful to me. And so I guess what we can do is we can simply listen and hear and dare to say, I believe you, because most of the time they're not interested in accusing someone. They're just interested in talking about something terrible that happened to them. And so to listen, to believe, to say, I believe you. And then in terms of the pastoral staff, one of the most simple things a pastor can do is to have a story from the front. I have been in church decades, and um, I, even though I, of all people, intrinsically know the statistics that if I look around my church, a large, percent of a, a large percentage of people have been affected by sexual abuse. And I would say 100% have, because you either yeah. have been or you know someone that yeah. has been. Yeah. And so, but I've looked around, and yet I've heard maybe less than five sermons on this topic in decades. And so what that does to me is it makes me feel like I'm a freak and that um, that I am isolated, that nobody knows my story and that it never gets talked about. We'll see like stories from the front of, oh, this marriage was terrible and now it's awesome. Or, you know, oh, this guy was on drugs and now he's not. And this is so great. And I love those stories, but I sure would love to hear a story about I was in an abusive marriage and it didn't work out, but I'm still okay because Jesus is awesome. Yeah. Or I was sexually abused, but, and it was within my church context and it caused me to question everything, but here I am today and Jesus is still awesome and amazing. And this is what he's done. Yeah. That is such a simple thing. Um, it could be five minutes, but it would change the lives of the people in your church. Yeah. One of the, uh, most beautiful moments I think I've had at, at our church uh, was a, a picture that I saw uh, from from the back as we were having a a meal and in in the picture uh, was one of our our daughters who is uh, you know serving hel helping serving the meal she's she likes to just be in the mix of everything and, and I love it and then I've got some that want to you know just draw stick figures and hang out of the corner. Yeah, I've got all different personalities in my kids, but uh, they, our, our girls came from a very traumatic past and, and with sexual abuse and some other things. And, and so I see her there in, in this church, serving the church, being a, a survivor her, herself next to her, uh, one that was from a, uh, an abusive relationship next to her, one that had recently lost a husband and next to her, one that had been single uh, her whole life. And, and just, all of those different stories, yet in the church, serving the church, being served by the church, and in, in loving Jesus, and uh, and you know we recently had uh, Jamie Dew on the show, and, and has a, a remarkable uh, testimony of doing just about everything you could do uh, before Christ, and and then being a terrible student, all of these kind of stuff, and and now a president of a seminary, you know, and so mm. God redeeming our past, no matter what that past is for, for his glory and the good of the church. And we see them now on the front lines of, of serving. And, uh, and so I, I really appreciate that, that reminder is we've, we've got to one weep with one another, uh, rejoice with one another, celebrate and, uh, and also tell those, uh, stories. Yeah. And, uh, Kyle. Yeah, Mary. So as 
as a member uh, of uh, the church and a champion of um, the, the church, as well as a champion of um, you know, sexual abuse survivors, um, what would you say to abuse survivors? What, what do you want them to know? about maybe this moment in the SBC or, or just the, where we are in this situation as the church? I would say you are not alone. There is healing. And we are doing our best to bring this to the light. Mm-hmm. And there will be, as you use the word bumbling, there will be bumbling because historically, I mean, as I wrote the, the chapter about the history of the church and this issue, Wow. I mean, it has been dark for a very long time. So you can imagine also that there is a whole lot of spiritual warfare going on because I believe that the enemy of our souls, one of his most amazing weapons, and I say that in a negative way, is sexual abuse Mm. and, um, you know, sex trafficking, pornography, all those things that get at the image uh, image of the image bearer. And so um, this is warfare, and that's why you're seeing kind of this last stand of people saying no we don't want to talk about this in church and and let's you know pretend that everybody is giving a false accusation because there's this this angry last stand of you know if we shed light on this things are going to change and people are going to be set free and i think this is the gospel and i mean really loving people toward health isn't that discipleship and and shedding light on the darkness isn't that something that will make um, hell's gates shake. (laughs) So uh, this is a huge issue and um, you are seen, you are loved, you have survived and that is beautiful. And it is our hope that we can walk alongside you. Awesome. Well, where, uh, this is the, uh, the obvious question of the, of the day too. Where, where can we find this book? Um, yeah, at like Motel 6s. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the yeah. Gideons are going to start placing them in all the... All yes, the, yeah. they should. Okay, that's a great campaign. We should do <laughs> um, <laughs> We'll try that. <laughs> hey, Gideons. Um, no, it's wherever books are sold. Um, okay. It's definitely in my church's uh, bookstore, a lot of church bookstores out there. And um, of course, any Christian bookstore that you want or any online retailer. And, uh, and what about you? Where can we find you online? Yeah, so you can find me at marydemuth.com. My Twitter and Insta handle is at marydemuth. And then um, the book's website is we2.org. And if folks want to go through kind of a healing sequence of 21 days, I have 21 free emails that I send in 21 days. Called, uh, they can just go to we2.org forward slash 21 days. And I'm working on... Um, adding a resource of 30 pages of resources for pastors. And that should be live by the time it goes to your listeners. And that would be we2.org forward slash pastors. And that's free as well. All right. And the book comes out August 13th. Yeah. So be be looking for that. Uh, Amazon, Lifeway, anywhere books are, st- books are sold. Can you get those words so, out, Kyle? Uh, no, probably not. So. <laughs> Mary, it's hard we, to talk. We, good good I thing I don't talk for a living. I know. Good, <laughs> that, that's always been the running joke is I say I don't like people and I'm a pastor. <laughs> but uh, So Mary, uh, we, we thank you for yeah. uh, the time today. Uh, I, I, I know it was encouraging to me yeah, uh, in, in Kyle, and, uh, and I hope it is for those that uh, listen in. Is, is there any final words you would like to share? 
Well, in terms of pastors, I would just like to say thank you. Thank you for the hard work that you do. And I don't believe that a pastor has to be every single thing to every single person. Um, And so I know a lot of pastors are kind of stressed about this. If they talk about it, they're going to open the floodgates. But um, really what needs to be done is to listen well, to love well, and to have resources at your fingertips. You may not be able to bear the weight of a trauma victim's story, but you can point that person to a direction that will help them. Well, thank you so much. We, We really appreciate the time. It's been my pleasure. Thanks so much. This podcast was sponsored by the Christian Standard Bible, a translation that is faithful and true, and also readable and accurate. 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 We encourage you to check out csbible.com after the show to find out some information about a translation that we both love and use in our personal devotions and also in our pulpits. But for now, we got to jump off the train and we encourage you to check out notanotherbaptistpodcast.com or find us on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast. Until next time, send us out, KB. May your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. And you can trust him because he's a doctor. <laughs>